ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय धर्मो अवेक्षिदन योग सांख्योगूल बृहत अस्ती वस्तुनिष्ठयो अवेक्षिदंकिनुकूल बृहत अस्ती वस्तुनिष्ठयो अवेक्षिदंकिनुकूल बृहत अस्ती वस्तुनिष्ठयो अवेक्षिदंकिनुकूल बृहत अस्ति इति अस्ति इति वस्तुनिष्ठयोफेसिंग नॉलेज ऑफ द अल्टिमेट कॉस एगस्तो With one and the same subject matter, establishing Brahman, Bhinna, demonstrating different, Virudha Dharmana Dharmanoha, and opposing characteristics, Avekshitam, perceive, Kinchana, 
That's something which. Yoga Sangheoha of mystic yoga and the Sankhya philosophy. Analysis of the ways of nature. Samam, the same. Param, transcendental. He, indeed. Anukulam, dwelling place. Brahattat, that ultimate cause. There are two parties, namely the theists and the atheists. The theists who accept the super soul finds the spiritual cause through mystic yoga. The Sankhya, however, who merely analyzes the material elements, come to a conclusion of impersonalism and does not accept a supreme cause whether Bhagavan, Paramatma or even Brahman. Instead, he is preoccupied with the superfluous external activities of material nature. Ultimately, however, both parties demonstrate the absolute truth because although they offer opposing statements, the object is the same ultimate cause. They are both approaching the same Supreme Brahman to whom I offer my respectful obeisances. Purport by Histhaven Grace, Sri Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada Ki. It's a long report and it is philosophical, so we have to hear carefully. Actually, there are two sides to this argument. Some say that the Absolute has no form, Nirakar. And others say that the Absolute has a form, Sakara. Therefore, the word form is the common factor. Although some accept it, Asti or, uh, asti or Astika, whereas others try to negate it, Nasti or Nastika. Since the devotee considers the word form, Akara, the common factor for both, he offers his respectful obeisances to the form. Although others may go on arguing about whether the absolute has a form or not. So here the statement is about whether the Supreme Lord has a form or not. Whether he is Sakar or Nirakar. He has got an Akara or not. The proverb is making the point essentially people do argue whether the Lord has a form or not. But the common factor in form and formlessness is the word form. So devotees pay obeisances unto the form of the Supreme Lord. So it's a very interesting logic. Hmm? Okay, let's go to the next paragraph. In this verse, the word Yoga Sankhyoho is very important. Yoga means Bhakti Yoga because yogis also accept the existence of all pervading Supreme Soul and try to see the Supreme Soul within their hearts. As stated in Srimad Bhagavatam 12.31 The devotee tries to come directly in touch with the Supreme Personality of Godhead whereas the yogis try to find the Super Soul within the heart by meditation. Thus both directly and indirectly yoga means Bhakti Yoga. Sankhya however means physical study of the cosmic situation through speculative knowledge. This is generally known as 
Jnana Shastra. The Sankhya's are attached to the impersonal Brahman, but the absolute truth is known in three ways. Brahmedi, Paramatmedi, Bhagavanidi, Shabdhyate. The absolute truth is one, but same, but some accept him as impersonal Brahman, some as a super soul existing everywhere, and some as Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The central point is the absolute truth. So who can say what are the main points in this paragraph? Exists yeah, one point. Exists. Which form? He exists everywhere in one sense? Paramatma form. As the Paramatma, the Lord exists everywhere. So that is the nature of a yogi. Dhyana vastita tadgadayana manasapaschindiyam yoginaha. In the meditative posture, they can see the Supreme Lord everywhere in trance. So Dhyana vastita. They can see the Lord everywhere. And primarily how? Within their own heart. So that is one. Then, here there are two words which are mentioned. What are they? What is this purport about? Purport is about two words. About two yogas. What are they? Sankhya yoga and bhakti yoga. So here, Sankhya yoga yoga is mentioned. So Sankhya is explained and yoga is mentioned. So yoga is referring to bhakti yoga. If you mention yoga directly, then that is bhakti yoga. And if it is indirectly, which is? No, it's not Sankhya. Indirectly, which yoga is it? That is the one who is meditating on the super soul. That is the indirect one. Yogis try to find the super soul within the heart by meditation. So that is one level, but but indirectly. And indirectly yoga means bhakti yoga. Ultimately, two approaches are mentioned here. Yoga is referring to the yoga which are performed by the yogis, Ashtanga Yoga, and also that by bhakti yogis, bhakti yoga. Both are referred to as yoga, but the ultimate meaning directly and indirectly is referring to bhakti yoga. And Sankhya Yoga is, what is Sankhya Yoga? Analytical study. So, two yogas are mentioned here. Now, let's see. Although, so again I will ask questions, so everyone <laughs> careful because long purport I will forget. What was in the first purport? So, see, first paragraph. Again, two words. Akara and Nigrakara. And here, again, two words. Sankhya and Yoga. So, so in this way, if you look at the end, everyone can say what is in the purport. Not to begin. Third paragraph. Next I will ask you. It's okay. Although the impersonalist and the personalist fight with one another, they focus upon the same Param Brahman, Param Brahma, the same absolute truth. In the Yoga Sutras, Krishna is described as follows. Krishnam Pishangambaram Ambujekshanam Chadrupujam Shanghagadadi Udayudham. Thus the pleasing appearance of the Supreme Personality of God, his bodily features, his limbs and his dress are described. The Sankhya Shastra, however, denies the existence of the Lord's transcendental form. The Sankhya Shastra says that the Supreme Absolute Truth has no hands, no legs. 
no name he anamar anamarupam gunapanipadam achakshur ashrotram ekam advitiyam api nama rupadigam nasti the vedic mantra says apanipato javanograhita the supreme lord has no legs and hands but he can accept whatever is offered to him actually such statements accept that the supreme has hands and legs but deny that he has material hands and legs this is why the absolute is called aprakrta krishna the supreme personality of god it has sachidananda vigraha a form of eternity knowledge and bliss not a material form the sankhes or the jnanis deny the material form and the devotees also know very well that the absolute truth bhagavan bhagavan has no material form okay let's deal with this again here what is the essential point here lord okay one person what is that lord lord has no material form okay one that is the conclusion yoga shastra and sankhya shastra cs sankhya and yoga states state completely opposing statements so bhakti yoga says that the lord has form lord is wearing yellow garments he has a beautiful form he has shankha he has this chakra shankha is a conchal chakra gada etc he has his weapons he has his paraphernalia he has a form he has dress he is all beautiful that we say at, at the same time sankhya is telling what is sankhya is telling ಉಪನಿಷದ್ರಮ Upanishad that Apani Pado, he doesn't have any hands or legs, but Javano Grahita. But if he offers something, he accepts. Pashyatya Chakshu, he sees even though he doesn't have any eyes. Shrinotya Karna, he hears everything even though he doesn't have any ears. Why such statements are given? Because it is to indicate that the Lord doesn't have any material form. Lord doesn't have any material eyes, no material ears, no material hands, nor material legs. To prove that such statements are given. Is clear? Okay. Now, we'll read further the purport. Ishwara Paramakrishna Satchidananda Vigraha Anadiradur Govinda Sarvakarana Karanam Krishna, who is known as Govinda, is a supreme controller. he has an eternal blissful spiritual body he is the origin of all he has no other origin for he is the prime cause of all causes the conception of the absolute without hands and legs and the conception of the absolute with hands and legs are apparently contradictory but they both coincide with the same truth about the supreme absolute person therefore the word vastu nishthayoho which is used here in indicates that both the yogis and sankhyas have the faith in the reality but are arguing about it from the different viewpoints of material and spiritual identities para brahman and brahat is the common point 
the sankhits and the yogis are both situated in the same brahman but they differ because of different angles of vision okay who can tell the essence of it can you try what is mentioned here or is it too much okay it's a little difficult who who can tell what is mentioned here what is the essential point of this paragraph yes so they both agree uh, converge at a point that there is parama brahman but the point of view is different the yeah. approach is different ascending process and descending process yes one is ascending another is descending process is different and also their viewpoint is also different what aspect of parama brahman they approach that is also different so viewpoint is different yes process is also different the direction given by the bhakti shastra point one in the perfect direction because the supreme personality got it says in bhagavad gita bhaktiya mam abhijanati only by devotional service am i to be known the bhaktas know that the supreme person has no material form whereas the gyanis simply deny the material form one should therefore take shelter of the bhakti marga the path of devotion then everything will be clear gyanis concentrate on the virat rupa the gigantic universal form of the lord this is a good system in the beginning for those who are extremely materialistic but there is no need to think continuously of the virat rupa when arjuna was shown the virat rupa of krishna he saw it but he did not want to see it perpetually he therefore requested the lord to return to his original form as two arm krishna in conclusion learned scholars find no contradiction in the devotee's concentration upon the spiritual form of the lord ishara parama krishna sachidananda vigraha in this in this regard shila madhvacharya says that less intelligent non devotees think that the conclusion is the ultimate but because devotees are completely learned they can understand that the supreme personality god is the ultimate god so what is the process by which we can understand the supreme completely bhakti mark so the recommendation is come to the bhakti mark and understand krishna as a supreme personality of god so here we have a very wonderful purport and i will explain this as far as i can and here please try to understand why such a topic exists in this hamsa guhya prayer this is a theme we can find throughout in vedic literature and such a theme may sound irrelevant to the current context but this theme is very relevant as it is uh in the vedic context why because there are prominent divisions among followers of vedic scriptures so there are different established philosophies within the purview of vedic realm so vedic literatures are there and within the vedic literature there are many philosophies coexist and the interesting aspect of these philosophies is that 
they do follow these philosophies and they live according to these philosophies so it is not just a belief system or it is my opinion it is not just like that they do live according to this philosophy so that is the prime difference between the western philosophy and yogic philosophy so if you are representing one philosophy you have to live up to it you have to demonstrate that in your own life you cannot just say i i propose such and such philosophy it doesn't hold so one has to live what one is talking so this is vedic philosophy and since always there is a debate among different philosophical personalities it has to be clarified we can find in bhagavad gita in the third chapter itself krishna makes it clear lokesmin durdha vidya pura prakta mayanaka there are two kinds of nishtha there are two kinds of understanding and people who fixed in this philosophies from time immemorial one is jnana yogena sankhyana karma yogena yogina again referring to sankhya and yoga sankhya and bhakti yoga that clear distinction is given even by krishna again it comes to the same conclusion similarly in the fifth chapter of bhagavad gita also the same point is mentioned that sankhya yoga prathak bala pravadanti na panditaha so pandit dosu dosu does not know the philosophy properly they say that sankhya and yoga are completely different but one who knows they understand that both are same they give the same bhalam in the day bhalam they both give the same result so we can see that this philosophical argument does exist in different scriptures including bhagavad gita and krishna makes it clear and then we can go on try to understand it a bit further about this view points so what is the position of the sankhyas their position is that they accept the impersonal brahman however if you read uh, the translation you can see that in the beginning sankhya yoga in the analytic study of matter they don't even accept a supreme cause they don't even accept brahman as it is mentioned here they don't accept bhagavan paramatma or brahman so that is the atheistic region of sankhya philosophy however when they progress this search when they analyze further they understand that there is something beyond this material element and that is first the soul and then they can understand at least there is impersonal brahman so that's why the two aspects are mentioned in the purport the atheistic arpan aspect and the theistic aspect both are present so a sankhya yogi who is established knows that there is brahman so they do accept that so that is the so the argument of astiti nastiti is coming for whom the astiti nastiti is coming for the theist and the atheist so that is the initial search of a sankhya yogi he doesn't know that there is the soul or the super soul or they don't even know brahman so they say that the nastiti that is they are nastikas there is no god practically and then they become astikas that astikas they know that there is god so that is the end of the analytical search of material elements so this is the second level of sankhyas 
So this is the position of Sankhya's who believe in the or they are followers of Jnana Shastras. And whereas devotees, they know that if you say form or formless, the common word is form and they do pay respect to the form of the Lord. And that's what we are doing here. So you can see, we, we don't get into this argument, rather we try to go beyond contradictions. Now, the essential question comes, why such contradictions exist in the Vedic literature? So today's class, we will focus on this point, why such contradictions exist in Vedic literature? On one side, it very clearly mentions about the personal form of the Lord as it is given here. Krishnam, Krishnam, Pishangambara, Ambujayakshanam, Chadurpujam, Shangha, Gadadi, Udan, Shanghadi, Udhyayudham. So he has all his personal features. And on the other side is mentioned, there is no hand, there is no leg, etc. So first of all, we can ask this question, why confuse people? First of all, we have difficulty understanding Vedic literature. So why confuse people by presenting contradictory statements? Rather, why not present everything very clearly? That Krishna has a form, he is wearing yellow garment, he has peacock feather, etc. And why say exactly the opposite? We can go through this point. Point number one, the contradictions show that the Supreme Lord is beyond material logic. It is a very important point. We cannot understand Krishna simply by our rationality. He is beyond that. To show that, it is mentioned, the Lord can handle contradictions. Even though there are opposing statements, the Lord can handle it. Lord can reconcile contradictions because he is beyond material logic. In material logic, one is right and one is wrong. We cannot do anything, but right and wrong cannot coexist. Or black and white cannot coexist. Or light and darkness cannot coexist. But in Krishna, that can coexist. And so to show that, okay, it is mentioned in statements which are apparently contradictory. Second, that or, or part of the same point is that the Lord is beyond matter. So he is beyond material logic and he is beyond matter. Since he is beyond matter, he can handle material contradictions. So they are not spiritual contradictions, but they are material contradictions. That's the reason if you read Sri Shobhanishad, verse 5, it is mentioned very clearly. The Lord walks, but he doesn't walk. He is in one place, but he is everywhere. He is sitting in one place, but he controls everyone. So why such statements are presented? To show that he is beyond material logic and he is not made of matter. Second, so the one, the first point is, please understand that the absolute is beyond matter and is beyond material logic and reasoning. And to demonstrate Vedic literature, uses such kind of language for description. Second point is very important, which is this sophisticated presentation of Vedic knowledge will filter out unqualified people. Okay. So it is it's a, a very sophisticated presentation to filter out people and to present 
certain kind of knowledge to certain kind of audience according to their qualification. The same literature is given to everyone, but according to your qualification, you will understand certain points and you don't have access to certain other points. Can you see? This is called the open secret. Bhagavad Gita is open secret. For thousands of years, Bhagavad Gita was present. But if you see, as Srila Prabhupada says, 500 commentaries of Bhagavad Gita were written in English language. But none of them presented Krishna as a Supreme Personality of Godhead. None of them presented Bhakti as the process to know Krishna. So can you see? So according to your Bhakti level, according to your spiritual qualification, you get certain access to the same literature. So this is Vedic sophistication. So it, can, it acts as a filter. And I'll explain how it works again. If somebody is very materialistic, if such a person reads such contradictory statements, what happens to them? They lose their faith. <laughs> right? They lose their faith. See, this Vedic literature is all about contradictions. I don't want to follow because his or her consciousness is predominated by material conceptions and want to enjoy the senses. So they go away from Krishna. They go away from the Supreme Lord. In fact, Britishers used this to create problems within Indians. They appointed, British East India Company appointed Max Muller to translate Rigveda. He was the first one, German scholar, Sanskritist. Max Muller was the first one to translate Rigveda to English. And purposefully, he translated in such a way that there are more contradictions and it is more less meaningful to any sane person. So in that way, the Britishers wanted to show first to the Europeans that these Vedic literatures are useless. So they employed Max Muller and he was paid heftily to do this task. <laughs> so, so the same literature was used to create disbelief in people. At the same time, those who have some amount of faith, what will happen to them? They will be able to understand the first level. So the first filter is, those who don't have faith, they go away. And the second filter is, they can understand that there is something beyond the material nature and that is Atma or the spirit soul. They have that much access, but they don't have any access beyond that. Karma Gandhis. Demigod worshippers and general spiritualists, logicians, those who have some faith, they can understand that there is something beyond matter. We are not just this body or mind, but there is a witness to the changes of body and the mind. So that is the next filter. So they, they are qualified to go beyond atheism, they are qualified to go beyond matter, but they are stuck in the understanding of the soul. Srila Prabhupada explains that by logic one can come up to the understanding of Atma and maybe the source of it, Brahman, and that's it. So Socrates was an example for that. Socrates, he could understand there was Atma. 
that's why he was given the poison hemlock when he was given the poison hemlock he said i will take this poison no problem because you cannot kill me if you can catch me you can kill me the proverb said yes this shows that he knows about the soul so he took hemlock the poison and he died but that is he understood it's just the body not himself so by logic and reasoning one can come up to the point of soul so that is the next filter so vedic literature those who are some more faith they can understand okay there is something beyond matter still they cannot go beyond and we can see many of the spiritualists in this world many of them do know that there is something beyond matter but they don't know anything beyond okay they know that there is soul or the spiritual self but they cannot go anything further if they read vedic literature many of them think that the description of the supreme personality of godhead is nothing but imagination or fantasies so because the lack of faith is blocking them so vedic literature blocks them and there is the next level which is they know that there is brahman there is that impersonal absolute truth absolute truth so they can go beyond the spiritual self they can understand there is source of the spiritual self which is spiritual and that is brahman as it is mentioned you know brahman that is param brahman so there is the impersonal truth which is nothing but the effulgence of the supreme personality of god so that is the next catch so in this vedic followers many of them are caught up with this idea of impersonal brahman many gyanis and yogis and if you go further they are the yogis who know that is paramatma so what is the source of impersonal brahman which is effulgent and which is present everywhere that is the paramatma andandarastam paramanu cheyandarastam he is present as paramatma within the heart of everyone within the atom in between the atom he is present everywhere in the form of super soul so the source of effulgence impersonal brahman is the all pervading super soul but the super soul has a personality that is mentioned here as the chaturbhuja has four arms standing up as shankha chakra gadapatma so that is the super soul and one who has complete faith can understand there is the supreme personality of godhead krishna so according to the level of faith one gets deeper and deeper understanding of the supreme so in this way uh, the way the contradictions in the vedic literatures act as a filter sorry yeah act as a filter and right audience will get right access to the right knowledge why is it done so the lord himself explains this this is a verse from the 11th canto of shrimad bhagavatam so it is done purposefully it is according to the knowledge of the lord so the lord himself says veda brahmatma vishaya trikanda vishaya ime that is connected then parokshavada rushaya paroksham mama cha priya so it is mentioned parokshavada rushaya paroksham mama cha priya there is pratyaksha and paroksha two words are there pratyaksha means direct and paroksha means indirect so it is mentioned parokshavada rushaya the sages are parokshavada means they tell things indirectly they don't tell directly they present things indirectly and then the lord it is krishna speaking to uddhava the lord is telling paroksham mama cha priyam paroksham mama cha priyam i like indirect statements 
the lord says i like indirect statements and the purpose is explain why he likes in indirect statements the reason is they one may ask why the lord himself as well as the lord's representatives the vedic seers and mantras speak in esoteric or indirect terms as the lord states in the bhagavad gita naham prakasha sarvasya the supreme lord does not allow himself to be taken cheaply and thus he is not manifest to superficial or inimical people those who are polluted by the material atmosphere are induced to purify themselves through vedic rituals that are that offer fruity results just as a child is induced to take medicine by the offer of a candy reward because of the confidential nature of vedic exposition less intelligent persons cannot appreciate the ultimate transcendental purpose of the vedas and consequently they fall down to the platform of sense gratification so the lord want to filter out who is unqualified that's all so here we can see the mercy of the lord's pure representatives like shila prabhupad prabhupad wants to reconcile the contradictions and wants to present the ultimate truth in that way even those who are mayavadis if they read shila prabhupad's books they can see there is logic and reasoning by which we can understand why the lord is simultaneously personal and impersonal so it both exist in the supreme lord so this is very important point for us to understand and on the third level so on the first level the contradictions help to understand that lord is beyond matter and material logic second it acts as a filter and on the third level it helps for devotees to go deeper in their realization with a deeper realization one can and one can resolve this contradiction so ruba goswami mentions this point in lakhu bhagavata amrita he analyzes this point if you find contradictions in vedic literatures what to do so his point is if you see contradictions one shouldn't just argue for one statement so oh, i like this statement the lord is impersonal doesn't have a form so i argue for that or the other statement the lord has a form just argue for that no ribagoswami says he said if there are contradictory statements in the vedic literature one should know that both are true one has to accept both then if one wants to explain one has to deepen one realization one has to go deeper in bhakti then these contradictions get resolved and shila prabhupada has already resolved this contradiction and that's why he is presenting and now it is for us very easy to understand when we hear that the lord has both form and he is impersonal and he is formless how can we understand he has a form because we know he has a form there is a description of krishna with all the form and how can we say he doesn't have a form the statements that apani pado javano grahita pasyatya chakshu sachrunoti akarna such statements are to show that he doesn't have a material form apani no hands means he doesn't have a material hand but he has a spiritual hand apada he doesn't have a leg but he has spiritual leg and that's why the verse is quoted krishna's form is not made of matter rather it is made of spiritual form 
that is Satchidananda Vigraha. Sat, Chit and Ananda Krishna. Form is made of eternality, bliss and knowledge. So in that way these contradictions are resolved in Krishna. So if we understand that, then there is not much problem. So the pure devotee can actually resolve the contradictions. And if you see Krishna's pastimes, Krishna's pastimes are great examples of Krishna resolving all these contradictions. If you see Brahma Vimohana Leela, we can see Brahma so unlimited cows and cowherd boys are none other than four-handed Narayan forms and all these forms are emanating from the body of Krishna. Can you see? So Krishna is sitting there but he could see he is expanding in unlimited Narayan forms. In one sense it is contradictory that Krishna is in one place but how his expansions can be everywhere. He just contradicts. He resolved the contradiction. He showed to his pure devotee. Same, Naradamani, he wanted to see Krishna, he went to Dwaraka. What happened? He has 16,108 wives and that many palaces. He went to one palace, he saw Krishna playing with his kids. So Krishna, and as soon as Krishna saw Naradamani, he invited him, offered a seat, washed his feet, spoke with some nice words, etc. And then Naradamani thought, okay, it must be the same Krishna in the next palace. He went to the next palace. Now Krishna was doing something else. And immediately Krishna met Naradamani in surprise. Oh great sage, you have come to my palace. Please sit here. So Naradamani started going to different palaces and he started seeing Krishna doing different activities. So this is, Krishna is showing that he can show inconceivable things. He is inconceivable to material logic and reasoning. So Krishna can do anything. So if we accept the inconceivable nature of the Supreme Lord, then we can understand that contradictions can be resolved in Krishna. There is this wonderful pastime in 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam where Krishna left Vrindavan and he killed Kamsa. After that, if you see, Krishna promised his devotees in Vrindavan that he would return. It is mentioned as Krishna was going, the gopis were crying and Krishna sent many messengers as he was moving in chariot to the gopis. They were carrying the message that Krishna is going to come soon. In a few days, Krishna is going to return from Madhura. So Krishna promised his devotees that he would return from Madhura. And indeed, he killed Kamsa. He met Vasudev and Devaki, his father and mother. And they are meeting Krishna after many years. Indeed, they never had association of Krishna other than that birth time. That's it. And they were longing for the association of Krishna. Krishna wanted to stay with Vasudev and Devaki. And Vasudev and Devaki cannot bear any more separation from Krishna. Because they lived without Krishna for many years, about 12 years. And then now they cannot stand separation from Krishna. They cannot uh, keep their life together 
if they are separated from Krishna. So that is the position of Vasudev and Devaki. Same time, Krishna met Vasudev and Devaki. He pacified them. He invoked in them maternal and paternal affection for him. And he said, okay, I will live with you. So on one side, Krishna has already promised Vrajavasis, including the topmost gopis, that Krishna would return. And now he is promising Vasudev and Devaki that I am going to stay with you. After meeting Vasudev and Devaki, privately Krishna met Nanda Maharaj and Yashodamai. They also came from Vrindavan. And he spoke to Nanda and Yashoda, his father and mother again, and told that I will come with you. I will come with you. So can you see, Krishna already promised Vrajavasis he would return in a few days. And now he has promised Vasudev and Devaki that I am going to stay with you. And it's just a matter of time. Privately he promised Nanda and Yashoda that I am going to come with you to Vrindavan. So one can see contradiction. So those who do not know, they say that Krishna didn't fulfill the promise of the Vrajavasis. He didn't fulfill the promise of Nanda and Yashoda. He just stayed in Madhura for Vasudeva and Devaki. So here is a very interesting conversation present. Why Krishna had to stay in Madhura? One, they had to one for Vasudeva and Devaki. Second, they had to perform purificatory rites for Krishna and Balaram. Because Vasudeva and Devaki know that they are Kshatriyas, so they had to get the sacred thread. So all these purificatory rites they had to do. Second, he is a Kshatriya, he has to be educated. So for some education they had to make some arrangements. And so they had to stay in Madhura. Not only that, Krishna knew that if Krishna leaves Madhura, Jarasantha and others, they would attack Madhura. So his parents and other residents of Madhura will be greatly disturbed by the attack of these demons. He knew I had to stay here. Not only that, if these demons attack Madhura, eventually they will attack Vrindavan. So even the residents of Vrindavan will also get affected to some degree. So Krishna knew that he has to stay in Madhura. So it is mentioned, Krishna indeed went to Vrindavan as he promised. And at the same time, he stayed in Madhura. So Krishna is present in Vrindavan all the time in his Bhava expansion. So that is mentioned. Vrindavanam Paritija Padam Ekamna Vetsati. So if you try to understand Krishna's past times, we can see Krishna can easily resolve any contradictions. Whoever he has promised to, he can fulfill that promise. So one who is not trained in Shastras sees that Krishna is making someone's promise and breaking someone else's promise, which is not true. But Krishna's pastimes and Krishna's activities and his form are showing that Krishna can't handle contradictions. So from here we can see that, in conclusion we can see that yes, the Lord has form and he is formless. So those who are arguing Ultimately, they are arguing about the same thing. 
both are arguing about Krishna, but they have different perceptions. As Srila Prabhupada gives the example of a mountain. If you see a mountain from a great distance, it is just a hazy color. You cannot even see the form of the mountain. But if you go closer to the mountain, you can see the form of the mountain clearly. And if you are on top of the mountain, you can see that people are living in the mountain. There are animals, caves, stone, etc. You can see everything very vividly. So these are three different perceptions of the same mountain, but with greater and greater details. Similarly, these three conceptions, Brahmedi, Paramatmedi, Bhagavanidi, Shabdite, as the, the Supreme, as the impersonal Brahman, that is also Advaitya, it is also true, but from a distance. So they say that the Lord doesn't have a form. However, if you go closer, more closer understanding of the Supreme Lord, Supreme Brahman is as Paramatma, as a super soul situated in everyone's heart, within the atom and without the atom. So that is super soul Paramatma. And if you understand even further, that is as Bhagavan, who is situated in the spiritual world, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Bhagavan. So there are no contradictions when we understand the reality and that's why we need the help of realized devotees. So with this I stop here and see if there are any questions or comments. Yes. Yeah, because the process is Arohapantha. The process is Neti Neti. The process is Neti Neti. Neti means na iti is Neti. Means they look look into the matter and say, okay, this is matter, so this is not the absolute. Similarly, they look into the mind, they analyze the mind, okay, the mind is changing, so this is not matter. In that way, in their life and in their practice, they, they distinguish between matter and spirit. So that is Arohapantha. And that's where speculation is there. And since they don't have any positive knowledge about the Supreme, uh, and they have to use the mind in this process, what is right and what is wrong, so it is called speculative. Because since they have to use the mind, the mind means speculation. Whereas we also use the mind, but how do we use the mind? We use the mind based on teachings of Krishna. So that is not a speculation, that is considered as philosophical speculation. It is based on philosophy, it is proper. That is a and it's not just philosophical speculation. We practice and there is revelation. One gets realization. So the process is different. One is Arahapanta, another one is Avarohapanta. Arahapanta, okay, is this true? Is this true? It's just going this way. Avarohapanta means Krishna is telling, okay, I am the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We accept. So then our analysis, our philosophical speculation is after accepting the fact that the Supreme is Krishna. Or Narayan, which are forms of the Lord, accepting the Supreme Personality of God. Okay? Yeah. Any other question? Yeah. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. I wanted to ask Romi, uh, how can one uh, get out of this bodily exception? As Srila uh, Prabhupada mentioned, that uh, in order to enhance your spiritual growth, that path, one has to dig deep inside and know that, that we are not this body, we are spirit soul. But how can one yeah. 
I got that question. See that, that okay, we know this body. So our, the question is how can we un- go beyond the bodily conception of life? Yeah. Answer is by the process of bhakti yoga. So it is not so much by analysis. For the sake of understanding we can analyze. My body is changing, my mind is changing, so I am not the body, I am not the mind, so I am the spirit soul. So it is more intellectual theoretical understanding. Realization will come by chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra and following four regular devotees. The good quality 16 rounds of Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Chanting, follow regulatory principles and engage in service. By that, one will get the realization that I am not the body, I am not the mind, I am the spirit soul. It will come to you as you progress in your bhakti. So we had a focus on sadhana bhakti, devotion service and practice. So 16 rounds means quality 16 rounds. Doing service, etc. Thank you. After one week of Oscar, if you go back in Krishna past times, then we see Suraj and Asuras, they were fighting. Yes. Why did Asuras became the Asuras? Why did they come in? Why everything was not? Yeah, all the time there is good and bad. Especially Krishna appeared towards the end of Dwapara Yuga. Already there are bad things. Satya Yuga, it's peaceful. All the legs of dharma are intact in Satya Yuga. And in Treta Yuga, Lord Ram's time, one leg is broken. Dwaparayuga, two legs are gone. So already there are problems in Dwaparayuga. It is because that's how the living entities are placed in different yugas according to one's karmic situation, according to one's own karma. In, In essence, we are in Kali Yuga because that's what we want. Why we are in Akayas? Because that is our karma, that's what we want. <laughs> Why we are placed in a place where there are a lot of sense gratification? Because that's what we want. One can ask, why am I not born in the Satya Yuga where everything is clear? Because that's not, we didn't want that. So according to our karmic situation, we are placed in this situation. Why there are Suras and Asuras that time? Yes, because the living entities, they have their own desire to fulfill. So they are placed in the body of Asura or Asura. It's because of them, it's not because of Krishna. So we are all in our own position because of us. It's not because of anyone else. Yes, that is the solution. (laughs) That's all. There is no other solution. Material world means problems. Dukhale Mashaya. We cannot, there is no point in complaining, you know, jumping into the water and saying, oh, I'm getting wet. (laughs) If you jump into the water, you'll get wet. So what can we do? So that's why we want to try ourselves. Okay, get on a boat. <laughs> so that is devotion service. Okay? Hare Krishna. We are surrounded by material biology. And we, intelligence is saying we need to get out. Okay? Yes. And my mind says, look at that, look at that, look at that. We are surrounded, we are surrounded around Maya. 
solution is one and the same do devotion service whatever mind is saying chants it in runs whatever mind is saying do some service read books attend the cl- attend classes whatever mind will tell me anything use your intelligence and act mind will try to convince you other other side is better always even after 10 years also same thing will be mind will start telling different things if you try to listen to that it's a problem because that is the active that is the function of the mind is it possible that one can 100% sub be surrendered having having stay around the maya yes yes yeah, there are devotees who are doing that so we we have to improve it is possible of course there are so many examples so what we are reading these prayers and uh, so many examples in bhagavatam so many examples like who are dedicated completely to krishna so we have to take, take our step we cannot look into others we have to take our steps our steps are critical okay thank you krishna shri bhagavatam ki jai shri prabhu padi